This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 81. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to have Andres Ocampo in the Baller Circle. Andres is the co-founder and CEO of Entrepreneur, a brand created for entrepreneurs of the world. Entrepreneur made six figures in its first year of production and is now worn by high-end celebrities such as Justin Quiles, Flo Rida, and Travis Barker. Now, Entrepreneur has a very unique spelling. It's E-N-T-R-P-R-N-R. And I'm glad to have Andres on the show to talk about his business and to talk about how he created it. So the first thing I want to know is, Andres, you uh, are, are an entrepreneur who created something for other entrepreneurs. So what was it that first inspired you to create this business? So this business actually came out of an idea I had late at night after uh, meeting up with my mentor. His name is Pej Mangadimi. He's the founder of Secret Honorage. And it kind of, you know, just came out of the blue. Uh, what originally happened was I met up with him kind of like on a, on a friendly basis to run an idea by him. It was to create uh, an application for Apple and Android to pretty much revolutionize language learning. And um, I kind of came to him with the idea. I told him about it and he said, it's a good idea, but here are you know two main reasons why the idea would fail right out of the gate. And at the time, you know, I I had never owned any businesses. Um, you know, I would just do things on the side like sell candy in middle school and all those, you know, intro entrepreneurial things that you do as a kid. And so I came to him with the idea and I didn't really think about these two complex reasons. You know, I didn't really think that in depth as to why my idea wouldn't really work. And so I went home, I was laying in bed, it was like three in the morning, and I was thinking about what it is that I really wanted to do in life, because I no longer wanted to study medicine. I did want to be an orthopedic surgeon at one point. And uh, one summer, I guess I just, you know, shifted my mindset and, and, and thought about going the full entrepreneurial route. And so I kind of thought about it. And I knew that at one point, at some point, life, life would take me on the path to becoming an entrepreneur. And so I started thinking about the actual entrepreneur name. I played around with it a little bit and I came up with the name ENT or PRNR, which is the actual brand trademark name now. And uh, the rest was history. You know, I, I, I told myself it, it doesn't matter what I end up doing, what type of service or product or what type of, you know, business I end up building, this is going to be the name. And I guess it just really resonated within me. And uh, two years, two months later, here we are now. Hmm, I like that. So I want to take a step back and hear some more about this this pivot that you made. So you had an idea, you presented it to your mentor, and your mentor said it won't work for these reasons. What were the reasons that he provided to you? So one of them was pretty much it was kind of like a payment. So the way the app would work is it would, uh, without revealing too much information about it, because it's something that that I have been thinking about doing, you know, later on in the future <laughs> once the capital is available. Yeah, of course. But uh, pretty much it's. Uh, one of the reasons was the payment processing and how it would function on a uh, – it, it's kind of like a a citizen-to-citizen -citizen language learning application. So it was kind of like the, the verification process behind the, the payment system. 
And then the other reason was, um, I have I haven't written down somewhere, but the other reason was related to pretty much scaling the business in terms of getting more teachers to come on in and teach the actual students looking to learn a certain language and how that would play in into recruiting them demographically in the different areas of the world that they're in. So th there were two reasons where I didn't really think, you know, that far down the line. And once he told me uh, the two reasons, I kind of just went, whoa, you know, maybe I'm not as ready as I really think I am, right. you know? Right. I like that. So then you pivot to your new business now. You get the name Entrepreneur that you like. How did you How did you come up with the, the, the unique spelling for Entrepreneur? Oof. Like I said, I was kind of just in bed and, and I kept thinking about the word entrepreneur and, and the lifestyle and, and what it meant to really be an entrepreneur and kind of just, you know, go full throttle at the self-fulfilled lifestyle. And I started playing around with the letters. Um, you know, there's, there's a few other brands out there, big name brands um, that have kind of uh, the consolidated name. I guess that's a thing going on nowadays. And, um, you know, I kind of I kind of resonated with those brands and, and how I can create a brand myself along those lines, fitting the niche that we are in. And that's how the name came to be. OK, I like that. So you got this name. You decided that uh, it's, it's what it sounded like is you had the name. You're like, this is going to be the name of my business, but I'm not even sure what it's going to be yet. Um, what what eventually became the brand that you've uh, created and how did you decide on that? How did that all come together? So that kind of came, you know, as the action was taking place, I thought about the name. I thought about the 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 concept of the clothing line in which I wanted to create. But originally, the the concept for the brand was not actually to create an entrepreneur focused brand, but rather at the time, this was two years back when Instagram was, you know, popping and going crazy over these motivational pay, uh, pages like Millionaire Mentor and uh, Daily Dose and Success Lifestyle and all these pages that were pretty much, you know, taking images of like celebrities or luxury and, and, and lifestyle pictures off of Google and Tumblr and all this stuff. And they were putting quotes over them that resonated, you know, to a certain extent with the entrepreneur lifestyle. And the original idea was to take these quotes, you know, consolidate the greatest quotes that, that I have ever read pretty much or that I resonated the most with and then put them on shirts and then sell them and kind of tap into that whole motivational wave that was going on at the time. And that kind of developed into what we do now, um, you know, the designs that we're creating now and, and all the content that we put out now that's even more targeted and it's it's more, uh, you know, we've created more of a brand image as opposed to just taking generic quotes and putting them on shirts. Mm, I like that. I like that. So you get this, you, you start this, um, you know, branding company, you're going to target entrepreneurs. How did you develop your first, I guess, shirt ideas and, and what was the process like of, you know, figuring out like how much should I invest in this so I know, I guess, before you put too much in, if, if the idea is going to work out or not. So that's always, that's always a question that I usually get by people who are looking to start a brand or, um, or trying to go into the clothing line business. And at the time we didn't really have an idea as to what it is we were supposed to do. So what we did was we met up with uh, a bunch of local printers down here in, in Miami in South Florida 
And we came to them and we pretty much just singled out the printer that would pretty much fit our demands and requirements in terms of what it is we wanted to do creatively for the brand. And we ended up meeting with him uh, in downtown Miami. He has a print shop there. He has a, it's a, it's a, um, he has a retail store and he also runs a print shop. And so we met with him. We threw some ideas at him as to what we wanted to do uh, for our first pieces. Uh, there were very uh, flamboyant, if you will, and like as, as, uh, as in we wanted to do a bunch of creative stuff with leather and this and that. And so he kind of just talked to us and said, guys, if you want to start, you got to start off you know, slow. You have to test the market. And so we took that with a grain of salt. We went back home. Um, and then a few days, I think two or three days later, we came back with our first three designs, which was the classic tee, the, the most famous one that you know I'm sure you've seen everywhere. Uh, we came up with another T-shirt that's called the Scroll T-shirt and another T-shirt called the Crest, which is uh, two of them are no longer available. They've been archived. And so we came with those three shirts and we printed, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 100 shirts between those first three designs, um, give or take 30, 30 shirts per design. And we just ran with it. Hmm. And, uh, and we flipped those shirts, bought the next batch, flipped those, made new designs, you know, and so on and so forth. Cool. So, so was Instagram your main vehicle for getting attention and, and selling the shirts or were you using other channels as well? No, definitely. We were born on Instagram. We were born on Instagram two years ago. This was at the time the algorithm hadn't taken place. So it was extremely easy to build an Instagram account. You could create an Instagram account and, you know, get 10,000 followers in one day if you really put the money towards it, you know, towards getting shout outs or mentions or all this stuff. And so you could grow an Instagram account ridiculously fast and and the analytics were just through the roof. It was just pretty much open source, do whatever you want on there. Everyone's going to be able to see it. 99% of your follower account is seeing your post. And then, you know, that kind of as it progressed, Instagram started monetizing and um, and 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 now it's a little bit more difficult to build a brand on Instagram. But but that is definitely how we started. Okay. So now that things have gotten a little bit more difficult, what other marketing tactics are you using and strategies to uh, get the word out there and grow your business? So we do retail in a few uh, locations down here in South Florida. We also have a few international locations. Uh, we have a location in Haiti. We have a location in Slovenia. Uh, we have a few retailers here and there, and we do like to hit that wholesale retail, you know, direct-to-consumer market. Um but we've also now that we were developing into more, we're branching off into different channels. We're actually working on a referral system uh, that we want to put in place. That you know we're considering whether or not we should give people uh, a percentage discount off as an advocate, and whoever they refer also gets a percentage discount off. Or we offer people, hey, you know, share your link, share the brand with the people, tell people about the brand. Whoever you refer, you get 10% or, you know, a certain amount of percentage of their total order value in cash. So we'll actually pay you to talk about the brand. And so it kind of fits, you know, into what we're doing, into what the brand encompasses, you know, as in if you put in the work, you get paid. You know, it's kind of like that whole entrepreneur niche going on. And so I think that's going to be big for us. I think once we tap into that that uh, referral system, um, it'll definitely be uh, something big for us. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. So I want to know when you're, you know, you, you, you the, the thing I love talking about someone, 
talking with someone like you is you're, you know, you've been doing this, you've seen success, um, but you're fresh enough to the beginning that you kind of remember what that was like. What were some of the struggles that you had in building the business? Uh, and what are some things that, that uh, you had to overcome? Oh man, it's, you know, it's definitely been a crazy two, two and a, two years, but, uh, at the end of the day, we don't really consider ourselves to have gone through crazy hardships or massive failures, uh, because at the end of the day, you either, you know, you win or you learn. So we don't really have failures, but we definitely have had a few struggles here and there. I, I one of our most recent, uh, sorry, one of our earliest, um, uh, issues was that we ordered, I think it was like a thousand dollar, uh, design, uh, where we put a thousand dollars worth of shirts into a design and, um, uh, we launched the shirt, we sold a couple of them. And then a few hours later, we look at the design. Uh, my business partner is wearing the shirt. I look at it and we realized that we had missed a letter in pursuit. So it was actually pursuit. So, <laughs> so, you know, we had to scrap all the shirts. So it's, you know, it's a thousand dollar loss at the time. This was like a year back, you know, it was definitely a hit to the chest, but, uh, but yeah, it's just small little failures here and there that, you know, at the end you can't really pay too much attention to. You just have to focus, you know, moving forward and, and, and what the next course of action is to compensate for that, for that little mistake. Right. So looking back now over the past two years, are there some things that if you were to go back and tell yourself two years ago that you would say, hey, do you should do things this way and this would be helpful. And I'm just thinking for someone out there who's thinking, hey, I have an idea for, you know, an apparel company. I want to I want to do this. What's something that you would say uh, some advice you would give to your your younger self uh, in your entrepreneurial days? That's a good one. I would probably give the, myself the advice of telling myself to be patient. Uh, a lot of times I find myself in a very antsy zone, a very anxious zone to see results. And the fact of the matter is throughout this two-year journey, it's become very evident every, every day, even more and more that success takes time and there's no such thing as an overnight success. And even though we've seen you know, our small little bit of success, it's nothing compared to the vision we have and the goals we have set for ourselves, you know, five or 10 years down the line. So if I had to give myself, you know, a solid piece of advice would be stay patient, stay the course, you know, see the vision and, and trust the process and everything will come with time as, as long as the action and the work is put in. Okay. I like that. So, um, as you're, you're building this business and I know that you mentioned before, uh, that you had a mentor. Are there other other things, other resources that you use to kind of learn all the different steps that come into building an apparel company? Definitely. I mean, as starting off in terms of building my own apparel company and, and looking at resources as to how to do it, there wasn't really much for us to uh, to, to to pretty much branch out and, and grab as far as information. So it, it was kind of like a free for all. And up until, you know, now there's, there's certain things that we wing, um, and we just take, you know, calculated risks on, but the most important thing I would say coming up in this entrepreneurial endeavor would probably be, you know, having resources, modern resources, modern learning and educational resources, like, like the company, my mentor started secret entourage. It's a platform where he goes out and he sits down with other with other business owners, entrepreneurs alike, and you know people who have 
six figure, seven figure, eight figure, you know, even nine figure companies like Andy Frisella or Fabio Viviani. And he sits down with him for an hour, two hours sometimes. And he pretty much brings out that life story and that upbringing and that building of the company from start to where they are at now and sharing pretty much every emotion, every hardship, every struggle, every success, every win that they've gone through. And he's created an educational platform where he not teaches people how to be entrepreneurs, but he exposes people to the reality of entrepreneurship. And, and like I said, all these interviewees talk about everything they've gone through. So it's a great uh, learning tool, if you will. Nice, nice. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome learning tool. So, so for you, uh, what are your what are your current goals? Where do you where do you really want to take this business? We want to. We definitely have some pretty ambitious goals. We want to be the number one brand that entrepreneurs can resonate with, and that they wear in order to truly represent who they are and what it is that they do. We want to be a creative brand that people wear because they feel good wearing it and they they see themselves wearing entrepreneur and they know who they are. We give them an identity. In the world where, you know, athletes have Nike and golfers have, um, you know, uh, Lacoste or tennis players have Titleist or, you know, all these big brands, there really isn't a brand that represents the 30 million plus self-employed Americans alone. And so at the end of the day, we want to, we became that brand and we want to be the number one brand for these people. So to you, what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? What is that? What, how, how would, how would you define an entrepreneur? How would I define an entrepreneur? That's a good question. I would probably define an entrepreneur as someone who, despite all the obstacles in life that are thrown at them, all the hardships they go through, all the successes, you know, all the failures, they still have a clear mind as far as what their vision is, what they want to do in life, the change they want to make, the value they want to provide, and they do it against all odds without compromise. And just as just as much as, you know, they focus on the losses on the loss on the losses and not giving up, they see successes and they don't get too in over their heads and they don't get blinded by the rewards of entrepreneurship. And and they stay the course and they continue to to change the world in their own little way. Nice. I like that. So I was reading an article this morning and he was talking about um, just people that, that have been really successful in a lot of different things. So entrepreneurship and, you know, musicians and artists and, you know, whatever. Um, and the article was talking about how talent alone is not enough. It's not enough to just be good and have talent. You need to find a way to stand out because there's a whole lot of talented people. Um, so how do you, how did you, how did you stand out? How did you, you know, there's a really, really crowded marketplace, especially in the apparel space. How did you, how did you get your business to stand out? Definitely. I mean, I think talent only goes as far as it will give you. Um, I think even the most talented people in the world, like LeBron James or, you know, some of these big celebrities or artists or singers or uh, painters and people like this, they have talent, but talent will only get you as far as, as it can take you. And at the end of the day, hard work is really what shines and hard work is really what takes you where you want to go. So as far as us, you know, sticking out in the marketplace and um, I guess you could say establishing our place in the clothing, in the clothing world, I guess it was just filling in that void 
uh, like I said, there is no one brand that represents the the millions and millions of self-employed people around the world. So I guess we became that brand. We tailored our marketing to that idea, and people just started, you know, wearing the brand, talking about it, representing, and identifying themselves with us. And I think that that really was the the turning point in us being who we are now. Okay. So you were able to stand out because there, there just weren't a lot of people focusing on the same the same thing that you were doing. I mean, like you said, you're trying to be, you know, as Nike is to sports, you're you're the apparel company specifically to the entrepreneur. Um, Correct. I like that. And I, I think that that's such an important thing to find that sort of gap in the marketplace. And I think it can be hard to to have the vision to be able to see where the gaps are. You know, it's like, do, am I going too broad? Am I going too narrow? Am I not looking at this in the right way? Um, and it's and it's really cool that you were able to, I guess, define the problem in the right way so you could find the right, um, the right solution that would apply and that you could create a good company from it. Um, so I'm curious about your lifestyle now that you, you have this company. Um, are there certain things that, uh, I, I guess, one, I'm curious about, like, what kind of schedule you keep um, throughout the day, how much sleep do you get? What, what's your day to day kind of like? So usually on an average day, you know, I, I usually go to sleep at around 12 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. I tend to like, uh, I, t- I like to tend to do things at night. Usually I feel like I'm very productive at night. Um, I wake up anywhere around eight o'clock, nine in the morning, get seven, seven, eight hours of sleep. I think sleep is very important. And then, you know, in the morning, I usually hit the gym. After the gym, I get home, shower, eat, and then it's just straight to business. I like to work in increments. So I usually work maybe two, three hours, take a little break, um, work again another two, three hours, meet up with my business partner, David, smash out some more stuff. Uh, it's just finding that balance, you know, of, of that work and play balance. I think there's uh, you should always work more than you have leisure. Um so it's just finding that perfect balance and, and finding what works for you. Some people can bang out, you know, 10 hours straight of strict working. Uh, I find myself not really able to do that, but but I like to do things, uh, you know, how I like to do them. Okay. I like that. Yeah, everyone has to have their own uh, way of being productive and you do what really works best for you. Um, so you mentioned your business partner. Who who what else is who else is part of the uh, the entrepreneur team? How how um I guess, big is your organization and even people that you outsource to? What are the, I guess, components of this business? So my business partner, his name is David Blodgett. We met, we have a long history. We grew up together pretty much here in South Florida. We went to the same elementary school, went to the same middle school, used to be really good friends in middle school. And then I ended up moving to another area of South Florida, to Miami Beach from Doral. And I kind of, we kind of lost contact. I lost contact with everyone I grew up with down here in South Florida. And I kind of just ended up moving back here. Uh, my family moved back to, to the area where I used to live in. And we kind of reconnected. And, uh, and two, three years later, you know, we're starting a company. And surprisingly enough, I feel like a lot of people tend to think that we're some massive company. But the reality is, it's just David and I, um, you know, full-time, I guess you could say, employees of the company. Uh, we run everything. We do everything ourselves. We haven't found the need to hire another employee yet, not until the workload, you know, gets out of our hands or until we can we can no longer focus on the progress stuff as, as much as the maintainment stuff. Um, we do have a few friends who are always there to help us. You know, they know who they are. They're always there to do photo shoots, to model for us, 
help us ship orders, help us package orders, um, help us design certain things. A lot of them are proficient in, in, in Illustrator and Photoshop and all these tools. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just two guys, David and I, 21 year olds who are just very resourceful, uh, with our inner circle and, and, uh, and, and for now, you know, it's just the two of us and growing every single day until we find the need to actually hire uh, our team. But we do have a team at the end of the day. Um, and even if they're not, you know, fully employees of the company, they are the entrepreneur team. Okay, nice. So what do you do outside of the business for fun? I'm sorry, what was that? I, I was asking what you do outside of your business for fun. Oh man, I love I love kiteboarding. It's um, I was actually taught the sport by a good friend of mine, Kyle. He taught me how to kiteboard um, about a year ago. So I love doing that whenever there's wind down here, whenever there's a hurricane nearby. Sounds crazy, but the winds are great. You know, we're all out there. You know, kiteboarding. I love uh, I love snowboarding. I love going. I love adventure sports. Um, I love the beach. I love doing all these crazy things. Um, and as far as you know, chilling out. I like to read. I think reading is a very important part of, of personal growth. And, um, and yeah, th those are, those are usually my favorite go-to activities outside of work. Okay. Sounds good. Well, Andres, I'm glad to have you on the show. I really like, uh, your business and your story. Uh, I think having a brand focused on entrepreneurship is something really needed in the marketplace. And, uh, I, you know, I've seen your website and I've seen some of the stuff you put out there and it's very inspiring. So I know you're going to continue to to rock it and, and become uh, really that that strong brand throughout the uh, the entrepreneur circle, even stronger than you already have become. But I want to know before we close out, how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business? So Baller Circle can reach out to us at www.entrprnr.co. That's our website. Our, our email is info at entrprnr.co. And our Instagram is entrprnrco. You can reach us out there. You can send us an email, send us a DM, whatever you'd like. And if you feel the, necess the necessity to do so, reach out to my personal. I'm always open to uh, responding to DMs or requests or anything of that nature. My personal is undress underscore E-N-T-R-P-R-N-R. -R -R. And David's is David underscore E-N-T-R-P-R-N-R. -R -R. Awesome. Well, sounds good, Andres. I really appreciate it. And uh, have a great day. Thanks for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the Internet Ballers Podcast. Be sure to listen next week where I'll be sharing another story of yet another inspiring Internet baller. In the meantime, you can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers Podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>